You're listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable, wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with attorney Justine Nickel, founder and partner in Nickel Gersh Law Offices. Nickel Gersh Law is a Colorado-based criminal defense firm handling matters ranging from felony defense to sex crimes to misdemeanor cases and juvenile law for clients throughout the northeastern part of Colorado. Welcome, Justy. I'm so happy to have you here today on the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So we have a lot to talk about today. I have uh, all kinds of questions for you, but I want to get started just uh, with you kind of giving everybody your sort of background and how how you became a lawyer and why you became a lawyer and uh, what led you to opening your own law practice. I think probably the easiest answer is I don't take direction well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I tend to be a little bit of a rebel and um, I really wasn't suited for uh, traditional law practice, you know, in, in a big firm setting. I, I learned that, oh gosh, early on in my, my law school career. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, what? When, when I first wanted to be a lawyer, I was actually in about fifth grade. I'm not quite uh-huh. sure what prompted it, but uh-huh. um, my parents tell me it was because we put the cigarette on trial back in fifth grade, and it was the first time they did not convict the cigarette on all counts and I was the defense attorney. I got him acquitted on one. Um, so ever since then, I wanted to be a lawyer and never wavered from it, went straight from undergrad to law school. Um, I didn't necessarily realize I wanted to be an entrepreneur until I was in probably second year of law school and doing those on-campus interviews with the big law firms. And I'm walking in from one interview room to another interview room to another interview room, like just seeing the same people sitting across the table from me every time. And like, they're just looking for somebody just to churn in and out, do the the billable grunt work and move on their way, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is not going to be a good fit. So um, I ended up getting an internship that year, that first year summer with a small um, partnership doing criminal defense in Littleton. And it was just a married couple that was doing it and she was going out on maternity leave and they needed a little bit of help. And so I took over a lot of her duties, not casework, obviously it was a student practice act kind of attorney, but um, I got a real feel for what it was like to be in your own practice and then Mm -hmm. loved it and ran with it. Um, Certainly did not have the financial support to do that right out of law school. Um, But I went solo in 2015 and then brought in um, Jennifer, my partner, who's been a friend of mine since law school together. We were actually moot court team partners um, 15 years ago. So I brought her in uh, and we formed a partnership June 1st of last year. So we're about eight months into this new venture and still crushing it, still learning new things about each other every day. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. And so have you have you had experience in practicing other areas? Um, and what was it that drew you to criminal law? What is it that you like about that area? 
Um, yeah, so I actually have done <laughs> a lot of different things. So uh, after that first internship, I think I went to a medium-sized firm for the next two years, worked all through law school um, for second and third year and summers with this firm. And they did everything from franchise litigation to aviation law to family law. I kind of got my feet wet when I was in law school. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some appeals clinic work in law school, which was fun. I got to be exposed to, you know, more of like an indigent access to justice type of mindset by working at the student clinic. And then after law school, I did work comp defense because uh, I was single and it paid. <laughs> and um, I didn't really care for work comp defense. It was it was very black and white. There was no room for creativity at all. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time. You know, I thought I wanted to be more of a business lawyer or a tax lawyer. My undergrad's in accounting. Right. But the creativity that litigation gives you is very different, too. So um, I left that that firm and went to Idaho with my husband. Uh, who graduated in 2009, 2010 with uh-huh. his uh, master's in international business and finance right when Lehman Brothers was crashing. So uh-huh. we have great economic timing. Like right now, right, you, know, right. you know, your firm's eight months old and you're in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic. But yeah, we moved to Idaho and I got to do a number of different things there to make ends meet. So I was doing bankruptcy and tax work. I was a contract unemployment appeals judge for the state of Idaho, and I worked for the ACLU of Idaho on a large class action lawsuit doing private prison legislation and cruel, mm-hmm. and, unu- cruel and unusual punishment type of uh, constitutional law, which was really enlightening. Yeah. And then I came back to Colorado because our family's all here, and I did um, prosecution. I was a DA for almost four years in the biggest judicial district in Colorado. And while there, I did everything from misdemeanor, traffic cases, some felonies, juvenile. I was at a juvenile prosecutor for about two years. And I really specialized in prosecuting animal crime. So I was the DA known throughout the state as DA Doolittle. Um, (laughs) I still teach on how to prosecute animal crimes. That is the only kind of criminal defense case we do not take very many of. Um, Animal cruelty is generally a conflict for me because I do so much education for animal control officers throughout the state. Right. Right. Yeah. And but what I like best about go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say you're such a huge animal lover that you you guys actually have how many dogs uh, in the office or around the office? Yeah, so my partner has two large dogs. And I had three. We just lost one a few weeks ago. Oh, um, so I'm we're, sorry. We're doing two. No, sorry. Yeah, he uh, he will be missed. But we have we have two dogs and a cat here at the home office. And then uh, I routinely take mastermind calls from the back of my horse. So hashtag office horse. Oh wow. Occasionally. <laughs> so you're a real animal lover. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you were you were about to answer why what what it is that you love about criminal law? Yeah. So criminal law actually um, provides me with a little bit more of a creative outlet than other types of law. I you know having done transactional tax and just a wide variety of different areas of practice, criminal is one of the ones where you can really get creative. 
Like Mm -hmm. there's constant change with how case law is interpreted. Appeals come down on a regular basis, changing the way sentencing guidelines are, you know, or appeals change the way, you know, DUIs are handled. And you get the opportunity to actually get up and meet with people. You know, like I tend to be a little bit of a storyteller. And so jury trials are kind of fun. You don't get a chance to do a lot of jury trials unless you're in, you know, a prosecution or defense kind of role. Civil trials just don't happen as much. So that being said, on a criminal defense side, I still tend to negotiate more with the DAs and avoid trials more than anything else. But it really gives me an opportunity to humanize my client, whether that's in front of a DA or um, in front of a jury. So I like it because it feels like you're helping people. Even if you're prosecuting, you're helping victims. If you're a defense attorney, I didn't think I'd be able to make the switch, but it actually was pretty easy because these people need help too. That's what our system is built on. So I take a little bit of pride in that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's interesting because a lot of people have, you know, especially if they've worked in the prosecutor's office or something. I mean, I know I I, uh, did for a brief bit early in my career and, you know, you kind of think to yourself, oh, you know, I I can never defend people, that kind of thing. And then when you get out and you start doing that kind of work, you you find that a lot of your clients are people who just, you know, did, there are certainly those people out there who do bad things, right? And then there are some of those clients who just do stupid things, you know, or just do something that, uh, or maybe they did do something and they're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, so there's that human element to it, you know, um, that we that we get when we work, when we're actually working with people, you know? That's kind of a common thread throughout every practice area. Um, Yeah. And it's really a a giant shift from work comp where you're like, there's a formula for how much you can pay out and the insurance justers don't care. (laughs) It's not that money. Um, You know, it's it's a different ballpark when it's somebody's life on the line, whether that's their livelihood or social implications or whatever. I mean, even if they're not going to jail or facing a capital offense, I probably won't take a death penalty case ever, but you know, whether you're charged with a DUI or you're charged with something much more serious, like it's got long lasting consequences for somebody. So right. yeah, we're pretty, we're, we're happy to call most of our clients friends as well. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a way for us to give back to our community. Right. Right. Do you, do you find that there are a, a lot of women in criminal law or do you find it to be more male dominated as far as criminal defense attorneys? Um, It's definitely more male dominated. Uh, There are younger women that are getting into it more and more, but there aren't a whole lot of big criminal defense firms. You know, it's, it's mostly solo and small firms or a few attorneys together. Um, But there are a lot of folks who, you know, have been doing this for quite a long time. And, you know, one of the things, when we were designing our website, it was funny because I was like, we are kind of the anti-old white dude firm. Right. Like, we're never going to make you come into our office and sit down across the table from us. And we're not going to scare you with what jail might be coming down the pipeline. You have to sign here, hire us, hire us, hire us. Like, we're not that kind of person, you know, um, we're not that kind of firm. So we, you know, women generally tend to be a little bit more empathetic And I think when we approach cases, 
we look not just at the individual case itself, and this is something I've heard from clients, both current and prospective clients, was, you know, go, go and talk to other criminal defense attorneys. That's absolutely fine. We encourage you to do that. And we are not going to be the lowest price. If you're looking for the lowest price, it's not going to be us, most likely. Uh-huh. If you're looking for the most compassionate or the, the people who are going to actually care about you, care about your case, and not just plead you out and go on to the next case, earn my money and go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that's the kind of service that we're doing. We care about, okay, what drove you to drive drunk? You know, if, if it's just, you know, you were having a good time with friends, that's fine. But a lot of times it's self-medicating. What can we do to help with the mental health side of things? What can we do to help alleviate stress? You know, like what's going on in your life outside of the courtroom that led right. to this whole situation and what resources can we provide to you? So we look at the person, not just the problem. Right, right. And uh, I did, you know, with your website, I did find it to be very different. Um, it's got, it's definitely a Colorado, got a Colorado feel to it because you have a lot of vistas of views and, uh, and you have your, you know, you do have your professional look on there, but you also have some sort of casual uh, photos that are a little more, you know, and then you've uh, uh, personality brand, right? And yeah. you've, got the, you've got the animals on there and the way that it's written, it's written in a way that's very approachable, you know? Yeah. Most of our, most of our clients actually have about a seventh grade reading level. So oh. for us, it's like, you know, the other, you know, more senior old white dudes are probably not, <laughs> they're not um, advertising on Facebook, you know, or yeah. posting things about Taylor Swift, you know, we've, we've done both of those things in the last month. <laughs> right. Um, our, yeah, our brand colors, and I'm probably the last one to have picked this when I was a kid. Our brand colors are actually like black and pink and gray and who would have ever thought you know we'd, we'd do a whole marketing campaign and branding scheme on pink but right. uh, it seems it seems to work you know and it every time we hand out our business cards people are always like wow it's a really nice card it's like black and glossy it has our photo on it and we really we really try to meet people you know where they are so with our photos being on our business cards like not everybody can remember your name i'm horrible with names I have a cheat sheet when I do jury selection because I get people's names wrong. Um, but if you hand something to someone with a photo on it or you put your photo on your website, sometimes the first times that they see me will actually be in court. Like I've had people hire me within a week of their court date. I show up to court with them and I'm like, we're ready to rock. Let's do this. And they yeah. know exactly what I look like and approach me in the hallway, which is kind of nice because our faces are out there. You know, we're approachable. Yeah. And we try, you know, to make it easy on everybody. And I noticed you use the uh, kind of tag on your Facebook, uh, Explore Impossible, and you have this um, beautiful mountain view, you know, kind of in the background. And I love that because it's a different spin, you know, uh, I think it's, I think one of the challenges for a lot of law firms is distinguishing themselves from other law firms. And you tend to see a lot of the same you know, aggressive litigator, you know, collaborative, you know, whatever, you know, you don't see right. it, but yours is really, um, it, it's a different kind of thing, explore impossible. And yet it also communicates that you, you're willing to take on cases that 
you can, you know, that you can be creative and come up with solutions when it may feel like they're not solutions. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of times, you know, defendants specifically are not given a lot of choice. They're, it's either like plead guilty or go to trial. Mm-hmm. And so much of what we do, we're like, okay, if you plead guilty, this, 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 this are all the consequences. Yes, you know about that. These are the other things you've got to think about long term. So our, our specialty is really understanding all the consequences, effectively communicating those to our clients and letting them know the choice is theirs. Um, by way of example, you know, and, and in terms of the visuals that you're referencing too, like we do that in all areas of our practice. So I made all of our giveaways. We just did a 10 page, um, it'll be up on, on our site this week, a 10 page, how to stay out of jail free ebook for mm-hmm. clients that's going to be launched um, specifically because of coronavirus. We, I did that in a couple hours this weekend. I made those graphics. We make the graphics for the blog posts, but we carry that over to client representation too. Uh-huh. So our um, our engagement letter is very welcoming as well. When we're in trial, you know, I, I use a different program, not PowerPoint. It's actually uh-huh. um, a presentation software called Prezi Online. I love it. And I just did a trial in November, actually in end of November, early December, in front of a 30-year judge in Boulder who has had more trials in the last year than he's ever had in his whole career. And um, I got done with my closing and he, he actually stopped, he stopped me before I could leave the courtroom. And he was like, I can't actually say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because your technology and the use of the technology and that presentation skill that you have is persuasive. It's the best we've seen in ever in this courtroom. And I, I was blown away. Like he did it and he made sure he did it in front of my client. Um, ah. we had basically what mattered, what amounted to a 30 minute not guilty verdict in that case, the visuals and how we approach everything, the client knew what was at risk. He knew his options. He put his faith in us anyway. And it was, it, it was a sex offense. So it was ah. very much like, it was one of those moments where it still chokes me up a little bit about it. So, yeah, I mean, there's a way to approach practicing law. And if you just want to practice law and not care about people's lives, there's a way to do that too. If you want to care about people's lives and you want to take it an extra step, you can do that. And I think women especially are really, really good at that. And we do it in everything we do from engagement letters all the way through trial. Right, right. Well, that is a nice segue into my next question, which was about, I know that you guys are are really good at, first of all, you have a uh, virtual service for your law practice you cover not just fort collins but you cover the northeastern part of colorado so you know is it all the way down you have some sort of uh connections down in colorado springs all the way down mm-hmm. as far as that but older denver all of that right yep yep so yeah. um my partner and i actually live in the denver metro area I own a second company um, doing commercial pre- commercial property management for about 30 commercial tenants in Fort Collins, which is how we have a brick and mortar in Fort Collins. But 95% of what we do is online. So we are cloud-based. Um, we have systems set up via our CRM, Zapier. We use Smith AI um, for phones. 
We use Typeform for gathering conflict check information. We use Acuity for calendaring. Um, we have it all set up so that everything feeds into the CRM, and then um, our team picks up, you know, once once we've got conflict checks cleared and everything. But we pretty much operate in courtrooms, like you said, Colorado Springs all the way north to Nebraska, <laughs> all the wow. way east, all the way north to Wyoming and all the way east to Nebraska. So I'm from the Eastern Plains. Um, we do do some ski resort type um, jurisdictions as well. Uh, those are a little bit harder in winter in Colorado, but you know. Any mm-hmm. excuse to get up to the mountains, especially when the ski resorts were open, you know, we would. Right, right, right. <laughs> There's uh, no need you can't provide, you can't combine uh, work and pleasure sometimes, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and and we actually, you know, we'll charge clients mileage from the closest remote office location that we have. So whether that's mm-hmm. my childhood home in eastern Colorado, either one of our homes in the metro area, our branch in Fort Collins, or our, um, our place in uh, Frisco, we try to keep mm-hmm. client costs down that way too so Mm -hmm. yeah we we operate pretty much virtually throughout a quarter if not a third of the state of Colorado and we do zoom conferencing with clients and yeah that's what I was going to ask you meet with your clients through uh zoom and or or the telephone or how do you meet your clients yeah so what we actually end up doing is once they've gone through the intake process we tell clients hey listen if you're ready to sign with us you have to pay Here's the link to do that. We use HeadNote. Here's the engagement letter that you sign as well. You pay, you sign. You can do both of those things from your phone. We get notice right away. We're up and running within 24 hours usually. Mm -hmm. Um, So after that, we get discovery from police departments, DAs, that sort of thing. We send the police reports over to the clients uh, using the cloud. We use Dropbox, and uh, they have access to their entire client evidence file the entire time. And then they also have a mitigation folder where they can upload things directly to us mm-hmm. as the case goes on too. So at any given time, they can go and get their police reports, pull them down to their file. They get real-time notification when we get new discovery in. And um, yeah, we've had Zoom conferencing set up and phone conferencing set up for the life of the firm, if not 2015. So when you know quarantine hits, you're like, huh. No big deal for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you have? Do you use it? You mentioned a CRM. Do you use uh, that uh, in lieu of a case management? I mean, do you use a case management system as well, or we use the CRM in lieu of one. Um, I know a lot of people love Clio. For us, it's just it's um, it's extra bloat and overhead that we don't need. Criminal yeah, What's what's the CRM? We use Copper CRM, which integrates with Gmail. And a lot of people are like, how do you still have a Gmail address? And I'm like, well, considering our clients have a seventh grade reading level, they, it's hard <laughs> enough to spell my last name and Jen's last name. Let's not make it hard. Let's keep it at Gmail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're just keeping it simple for your, keeping it simple for your clients. You mean, I mean, I, that's one of the key things with converting leads uh, in any type of business is that path of least resistance. I mean, you want to make it super easy for your clients to be able to hire you. And the way people are nowadays, everybody's got that phone in their pocket. They may not have a computer, but they got that phone in their pocket. And if you make it so easy for them just to click a button and pay you and get started, and I'm sure your intake, you have an intake yeah, processing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure that really helps a lot. So you really take advantage of technology. You think that's one of your keys to the success that you've had so far? Yeah, actually, um, that that the, the one of them, and then I think the other one is always surrounding yourself with good people too. So um, we have a number of folks who work with us that you know at, at this stage we're we're eight months into this new venture. They're they're all independent contractors, but um, they care about us succeeding as a group just as much as we do. So they're, they're hundred percent bought in. We did, when we started, we did a bunch of vision planning, like long-term goal planning with me and Jen. We figured out we were on the same page in a lot of different areas. And then we rolled that out to our whole team. And like, we asked them to do vision planning, long-term goals, you know, what are our strengths and weaknesses? What are the firm, what does the firm do different than everybody else Mm -hmm. and better or worse than everybody else? You know, like key differentiations. And um, it was really refreshing that almost everybody is on the same page. So we're 100% women just by accident, um, mm-hmm. but with five additional staff support team members, you know, when coronavirus hit, everybody's on deck. So we just, we moved into high gear those last two weeks and it's been refreshing to know that we have the support of really good staff members who are self-starters and actually right. care about our clients as much as we do. Like they know what needs to be done. They go out and do it. They don't need us to like, I mean, granted we're approving filings before they're going out the door, but they're like, Hey, this client's set for next week. Did you do a motion to continue? No. Okay. I will do it. I'll have it on your desk in like 10 minutes. I'm like, great. Thank you. Right. You know, so it's, it's refreshing to have that sort of support people and tech. And then the third tier I would say would be your processes. Would be what? So, processes okay really knew pen to paper what happened we put pen to paper we know what happens when we have a new lead come through the door or what our process is for generating you know these links um we have processes in place for opening files closing files we do a lot of state paid work as well and those are different you know i've got a contract for both alternate defense counsel um, throughout the quarter of the state. And then I also have a contract to help victims get permanent restraining orders because I was mm-hmm. passionate about domestic violence. And, you know, those contracts have specific things. You have to use different business portals. So we really narrowed down, like, these are the step-by-step kind of things you have to do for these different kind of cases. And we reduced it to writing. We put it in our um, software so everyone on the team has access to it. If somebody's out sick, you know, you can just reference the process for this. And say, like, my legal assistant almost got stuck in Hawaii with the quarantine. I was mm. having my paralegal jump on a bunch of her tasks. And she's like, it's been a while since I've done this. Where is it? I'm like, here's where the process is. Just work the process. And it's, yeah. it's super helpful for cross-training. So before yeah. we did the tech, we had to have the right processes and the right people in place to support technology working. So, so far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. How do you... How do you think you, why do you think you've, you've been successful in recruiting a good team? Did you, have you always been good at this? Have you had some failures before you put together this team? Oh God. What kind of things have you learned? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I got it right the first time, oh man, it'd be way different right now. 
<laughs> I don't think you're alone in that. I think it's a it's a, it's definitely a learning curve for, for people to yeah. yeah when you when you you know when you own your own business you 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 don't know you don't know everything you know you've got to learn it and you know people a lot of times people think uh, I'm teaching a um uh my my clients I have a workshop coming up on Monday we're doing it virtually and I'm teaching leadership. And I've really been doing a, a lot of that lately with women law firm owners because when you start growing to the point where you really are developing a team and you, you have to have, you have to elevate your leadership skills. The bigger your team gets, the more you need to be elevate your leadership skills, right? You know, yeah. Yeah. You know it doesn't come naturally just like you didn't learn how to be a criminal lawyer just, you know, by waking up one day and boom, you know, you have to learn baby steps, right? Yeah. So that's what traffic court's for. Yeah, I cannot agree with you more. Like the, the fact that, and going from solo to even just solo remote receptionist and paralegal, you know, that, that wasn't terribly hard, but relaunching and rebranding and bringing a partner on and bringing four new people on at once not necessarily at once, but over the course of six months, four to six months, that has been, you know, kind of eye-opening. We've had a couple of folks that, you know, we had tried a little trial position here or there, or, you know, our our staff didn't think that they would be able to stay or wanted to go back to school or something. You know, we had an intern graduate. All kinds of life happens kind of moments. Um, what we've found is People want to work with us, which is nice. And yeah. I think you find good people who want to be with you out of mutual respect. Mm-hmm. And if you can find those people, don't ever let them go, first of all. But finding them, to your point, is sometimes hard, um, sometimes easy. Like our intern just cold called me, well, cold emailed me with a copy of a resume and was like, I'm interested and whatever you have to offer or to put me in touch with somebody. And I was like, I read a resume. And I was like, Holy cow. She's, she's like mini me. I gotta have a phone call with her. So I picked up the phone and called us, called her and she's like an invaluable member of our team now. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's those kind of things that fall into your lap where you're like, I'm never letting her go. Um, other times it's been, is this right? Is this person the right, person for this position so right people right seat you know a lot of people have heard that phrase it's an ongoing challenge um to my from my perspective I grew up playing team sports so I was volleyball softball in the summer baseball I played with the boys for four years of high school because my high school was small enough we didn't have a softball team so I multiple sports, basketball, rodeoed with my horse in the summer as well. So I never stopped. But in 90% of that time, I'm a team member. And that's what I still am. Even though I'm leading, I'm still very much part of the team. So one of the things that we have is um, we do Zoom meetings every other week at 6.30 in the morning. Dear God, it's so early when you have a small child. 6.30 6.30 in the morning because a couple of our folks actually have other full-time jobs that they start at 8. So they do a Zoom meeting with us and we check in with everybody. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what was your personal best news for the week? What was your work best news for the week? What issues are you having? Um, and what is your plan for the week? And then, you know, we'll do things like the vision planning or I'll make everybody go and take a personality test and send me their personality results. <laughs> We're so, I'm surprised. I love those. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised how many actual integrators we have and no visionaries besides myself. So wow. I guess that's good. Um, well, that's definitely your yeah, job is to be the visionary. Right. Yeah. And and then also, you know, when we come away from that, we always come back and circle back around. Okay, these are the issues that I heard you say. How can I help support you? And it's not just a one-way street. They're not just supporting us. We are supporting them. And mm-hmm. that's why we do the personal vision planning, too. So we know what their personal goals are and anything we can do to help with that, we're going to do that. Right. Right. So what uh, what kind of what do you think your biggest challenges have been in growing your firm so far? Um, I think probably, you know, the the biggest challenge is always going to be stability for us. Criminal defense tends to be on again, off again in terms of making the phone ring. We've got mm-hmm. a pretty good marketing plan um, in place and, and, you know, good support for the website and everything. It's hard when so many of us, you know, we don't have a physical office. So Jen and I are here locally, but um, our bookkeeper is as well. She's across town. Our paralegal is further south. Our legal assistant, you know, is in Arizona. Our mm-hmm. um, our interns in Fort Collins. So for us, like physical and network in person networking events. Jen and I both have kids. Jen's just coming back from maternity leave, like right now. She just had a baby in January. So stability and <laughs> caseloads and making sure that not everybody is getting overworked. Yeah. It's not underworked at different times. Like there will be leaner times than others, but making sure that everybody has a valid or I'm sorry, everybody has a manageable caseload. Yeah. Is probably the hardest thing for us. Um some of that is because Jen was on maternity leave for three months. And then as soon as she came back from maternity leave, <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's really affected uh, everyone, you know, in, uh, in their, in business and, you know, in your life period, right. It's caused that chaos. But um, what do you think are some of the, the lessons that you've learned that maybe you can share to make their, path a little bit easier for those who are kind of coming along behind you in the process? I think, yeah, possibly the best piece of advice is just to be flexible. A lot of us were taught, quote, how to practice law, and there's only one right way or whatever. There's not only one right way. There are at least Mm -hmm. 30 different ways that are all going to get the same job done. So Mm -hmm. that's part of it. Um, I also really emphasize working wherever and whenever with our team. Uh, Some people are more productive and early in the morning. Like our legal assistant, I have 30 emails from her by 6 a.m. this morning. And I'm like, first of all, time change in Arizona. I know it's like 4 a.m. your time. (laughs) Right, right. Um, But if you think better at that time, that's fine. Do your work then, you know. So um, I kind of do the same thing where I'm in court. And, you know, I'm looking over at another attorney and he's like, what are you doing while we're waiting for our 
for a case to be called, you know, and I'm like, I'm responding to about three different needs, telling them they need to fill out the intake form and billing for my time right now. And he's like, I'm playing Angry Birds. (laughs) 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 So working wherever um, benefits us definitely and working efficiently as well. So taking advantage of when you work best and using your personal productivity tips to to really capitalize on what time you do have. If, you know, being a mom and being a woman doesn't teach you time management, nothing will. (laughs) Right, right. I'll talk with you, uh, you know, after the three-year-old has been uh, home with you for a few weeks. <laughs> we'll yeah. revisit the time management thing when you're all quarantined in the house together for <laughs> weeks. Uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's a big challenge that a lot of women law firm owners are facing right now. And, well, parents in general is, you know, how do we... Uh, uh, it's either going to strengthen marriages or it's going to make the divorce lawyers very, very busy in a few months. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we, you know, we do our best to support other women and moms just about mm-hmm. any way that we can, you know, and if, if there's anything, you know, like being a mom and having, having my son home with me, you know, if it, there's anything it's taught me, it's that really, being a person first and a lawyer later is better and your clients can relate to that. So, you know, you're not, you're not going to be fake. You're not going to be perfect all the time. My dogs bark during consults on my phone call and I'm just like, Hey, the postman's here. Give it a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, like kids running in the background in the zoom conference calls. It's, it's the new normal now, but that's been, that's been my life for five years. And it's been kind of nice that everybody kind of has a little bit of a reset with it like it's okay to be human right especially like we're not perfect and if clients expect perfect oh boy you don't want that person as a client anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly exactly it's a red flag well and you know we're it's no longer the uh practicing law no longer has to be about wearing that blue wool suit and you know everybody looking alike and dressing up in suits for work. And, you know, there's a, there's definitely a different way to do it. And I think the, I think people are not only accepting of that, but uh, appreciative of that because now we do feel more approachable, you know? Yep. And that, Um, I'll give you a, a, a little story right on point. You know, like I was, in my last year of prosecution work, I think, the last two years of prosecution work, when I was in Arapahoe County here, I was in the DA's office that prosecuted James Holmes for the theater shooting. Mm-hmm. So I would go into docket in that same security line. And, you know, I'm looking around at everyone in there, whether they be reporters, you know, the prosecution team, the defense team, you name it, you, you'd see a gray suit at most, definitely. If you've got blue, it's like the pink stripe navy kind. Women are all wearing the skirt suits, you know, and like this is what is expected in these high profile cases. And it's almost like a disservice, too, because here I am walking into docket. Granted, I'm not in trial, but I'm wearing like plaid pants and a leather shirt. And I'm looking around, I'm looking at these other lawyers and the DA team, and I'm like, I do not belong here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, these are not my people. 
when I <laughs> left the DA's office and I went to my first like big CLE that had a bunch of the criminal defense attorneys that I was mm-hmm. usually opposite. A couple of them came up to me and they were like, yeah, we knew you weren't a lifer. <laughs> <laughs> we could always just tell that you were not going to be the man forever. But like that's, that's the flexibility that also running your own firm gives you. So now that quirky side of me, you know, like I can go out and use that artistic brain and really pour it into designing the website, doing our social media marketing plan, you know, like writing a 10 page ebook over the weekend. And oh my God, I love it. Like just <laughs> the firm management side of things. And the marketing resources, like this has given me an outlet, like just practicing law never could. Now, I will also caution that, that I do a lot of our accounting. And even though I have an accounting degree, I do not enjoy that nearly as much. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that you definitely have to find what it is that you love to do and do that. And I love how you said, these are my people. And I think it's a wonderful um, situation to be in when we can go and create our own business and create our own community and our own tribe and attract our own people that way, you know, and build a life that we love. Being a lawyer, practicing law doesn't have to look like what somebody else's idea of it is. So I love that. I love that about your story. Um, so tell us how we can find out more about you and your practice. Where can we connect with you? Well, any social media platform, there's only one Justy. So it's J-U-S-T-I-E. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J-U-S-T-I-E, the number four and the word justice. So Justy for justice. That's also coincidentally my email address but you spell out the word for. So J-U-S-T-I-E-F-O-R-J-U-S-T-I-C-E at gmail.com. If anybody has any questions, I'm an open book, open resource, anytime, happy to help anybody. Um, You can also check out our website at nicholgershlaw.com. So it's N-I-C-O-L-G-E-R-S-C-H-L-A-W.com. We're pretty active in the blogging and legal tech community. And of course, you can always search Twitter or Facebook for hashtag office horse or office dog and find us through our hand- hashtags as well. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, we've, I've, it's been such a pleasure talking with you and I, I really enjoyed it. And I thank you so much for being here. Of course, I, I love doing podcasts and I really appreciate the invite. I'm so glad I got a chance to meet with you a little bit more. Yay. All right. Well, thank you so much. The Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast is sponsored by Wealthy Woman Lawyer, LLC. We help women law firm owners build wealth-generating law firms without overwork and overwhelm so they can reclaim their time and create the lives of their dreams. If you are ready to create more of what you truly desire in your business and your life, then you'll want to sign up for our free training, How to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at WealthyWomanLawyer.com slash webinar.